Welcome to the Alcal, a low-carb ancestral living podcast. I'm your host, Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy! Hi and welcome to Alcal, low-carb ancestral living with Pim Johnson. Today I have... Someone who might be familiar to a lot of you with me, his name is Harry Serpanos and he's been on my YouTube channel before and if you're listening to the podcast version you might want to head over there because he has a lot of interesting stuff going on. I would say that Harry is um, a bit of a science nerd, he likes to read a lot and learn a lot about pretty much everything that he reads about so that's why I like to pick his brain. And today I have him here because uh, he's, no matter what the problem is, he always says, (laughs) take some taurine. So taurine is the new magnesium, the new vitamin D3, and I want to know all about it. So welcome to the show, Harry. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. So I'm I'm just wondering, like, how did you get into taurine at all? Because a couple of years ago, I'm not sure that you really had started looking into it. And how did you come across that? Well, I actually initially got in um, taking, this is even before I started my YouTube channel or anything, but um, I didn't get, even though I got into it, I thought that at the time that let me just establish myself, you know, as a YouTuber, as, you know, doing stuff like that without going mm-hmm. too deep into all this sort of stuff. And I've sort of um, viewed it, let's <laughs> progress. Let's look at the, you know, so I did a lot of video, initial videos with Bart um, doing on different subject matters, whether it was methylation, whether it was issues like and uh, um, about the ancestral way of eating, the chimps, you know, the you know, savannah chimps and how yeah. they change their behaviour in a different environment and going through that sort of – so it was a, it was a long sort of my, – my whole idea was let me build it up from an ancestral way, move it right across and then start going into nuancing it over time about different things. And so while I had, as I've shown people on my vi- um, live streams, you know, all these videos that I have to make, you know, it's just one – one after another, it's just pages. It's just um, you roll, and you can see all these um, folders, and they don't have numbers in front of them. They don't have numbers because only when I start <laughs> recording something do I put a number in it, so I know in which roll it is. And so I had that, and I said to myself, "Well, I need to do all these other videos to explain certain things, like with the minerals and stuff like that. You know, with magnesium um, secretion, well." you only secrete out 120 milligrams. And I go, well, you know, so people understand that you can get more than enough from the meat. Um, You know, potassium, you only excrete this amount, um, 192 or whatever, but you get way more from the body. But I wanted to basically give people the idea that meat is important to basically maintain a good level to take in these electrolytes and all that, something that you don't get in low-carb or keto because they don't eat enough meat. And that is a problem in it all. But then I wanted to go into the regulatory side of things, but at a later stage, I didn't want to go immediately. I wanted to cover all these other points and then bring this <laughs> thing because, you know, I've been using this method. I started using it for cardiovascular disease. As you know, about 12 years ago, I had um, double bypass surgery. So yep. that basically that was in my old kibble days. But just a short thing is I started looking at, well, what sort of nutrients really help a hypoxic environment or really help an environment like the heart inflammation? And I started realising that taurine played a very important role. 
So even when you have, like after a stroke or after a heart attack, you have re-blood perfusion, you can have a lot of oxidative stress that can actually happen. Well, taurine, if you've got sufficient number amount in the system, it actually mitigates that. And then I started okay. reading more on taurine that basically it prevents left ventricular hypotrophy. So people that are actually doing cardio, severe cardio, especially athletes and all that, that drop dead. You notice them all the time. You know, kibble yeah. eating. And kibble eating is really bad because it burns through methyl donors. It burns through sulfur. It reduces sulfur. And taurine is a sulfur amino acid, you know. It's not a regular pro. It's not like the other amino acids. We call it an, um, a sulfur amino acid, but it's not really a sulfur amino acid in a sense. It's sort of a. a it's called a, a, um, an amino sulfonic acid. So it's an organic, you know, an organic sulfur. That's what it is. We'll get so to for, that for lay people, can you just some of the, some explain? Of the Can you just explain the importance of sulfur, why okay. we are interested in the sulfur on the amino acids or well, on okay. taurine well, specifically? Sulfur, sulfur can play a lot of roles in the body. Um, you know, it has antioxidant effects. It can, it can reduce oxidative stress, inflammation in the body. It also basically plays an import, important roles in terms of membrane. Well, this specific um, sulfur does have, and it's been proven in science, that this is mechanistic studies showing that it actually has membrane stability. It plays a role in de detoxification, which I've talked about on my live streams constantly. I probably That's probably the one thing that I've talked mostly about, um, taurine in the liver, how with bile salts it conjugates with bile and actually improves the type of bile. The one you get from cysteine, on the other hand, um, isn't as effective, even in breast milk you get mm -hmm. massive concentrations of taurine specifically for conjugation because that sort of, it also has a sterilizing effect of the small intestine and a child usually has a leaky gut. So it's really important yep. to basically um, control pathogens within the, within the, um, the, the actual gut lining um, for that child. And taurine plays an important role there. I've done a number of videos discussing about taurine's importance to, um, to the gut and the stomach, acidity. But I'll go yep. over the others. The other one is, these are the key ones. Um, the antioxidant effect, obviously, we've discussed that. And that is antioxidant both in cells and in organelles like mitochondria. It is an osmoregulator. That is its original thing. Actually, its most ancestral purpose in all cellular life has been an osmolotic regulator. That means it regulates fluids. Okay? Yep. So it also maintains for us and most other animals calcium homeostasis. So when people consume more foods high in taurine, what they actually notice that they get a calming effect. It's because basically what it does is it lowers the calcium levels inside um, your brain cells. It reduces excitation within the within those brain cells. It's through GABA ray that actually does it, but we won't we don't need to get into the biochemistry how it does it, the mechanisms. But yeah, it basically it reduces anxiety. It calms people down. I've actually had um, ladies that actually are giving like a gram to their children who have got supposedly the OD, 
um, you know, because they're on eating junk, the kids, unfortunately, and they've yeah. all basically got all these anxiety. They've got all these basically problems where they can't calm down. They can't, you know, they're hyper active and, you know, um, all these sort of uh, conditions which people consider problems. Um, I usually just call it, it's a meat deficiency. You know, you hear me sometimes on my live stream, so, you know, somebody says, oh, I've got this, so you've got a meat deficiency, eat more meat, because that's how you're going to get more taurine. The highest sources are obviously um, seafood. Um, uh, Things like crustaceans tend to be even higher. In particular, uh, something like... um, Oysters, 100 grams of oysters, which is 3.53 ounces, hopefully I got that right, um, of uh, um, oysters has 1.2 grams of taurine, where meat tends to have um, much lower. So 100 grams or 3.53 ounces will tend to have a slightly lower level, and the reason for that, and the reason for that is because um, there are in the general muscle tissue you have slightly lower concentrations. The areas where ruminant animals, including us humans, um, the most concentration is basically in the brain, in the kidneys, in the liver, in the heart, and in a number of other organs to varied degrees. Um, the pancreas is quite high as well, um, and that pl- has an important role there as well um, in islet cells, um, so really protecting them and also it ha- able to regenerate them as well. The other thing that is important is in sort of uh, um, improves um, glycolysis, and uh, so that's it will lower blood sugar, but it also has a number of other functions that are very important. The amount of it, um, from memory, it's about 0.1% or approximate within the human body. Um, Now, that number I found, but it didn't actually say in terms of the total human body uh, or the, the dry mass or the, you know, the human body and all that. So it wasn't very clear. So I don't know whether whether that is basically of the. I, I think it's the total, including water and everything. Um, so it may seem very little, but it, it's a powerful molecule that plays an important role. Now, what is it? What are its origins? Its origins are very interesting. I've been doing some research and looking into um, early life, and so you know. It's funny, I, I started from basically trying to s- save my life by improving my heart to prevent m- me from dying. And now I've come right back to the beginning of the history of, of, uh, of taurine, which is early life on this planet. Why <laughs> did early life start around vents? You know, the, you know, the deep vents in the oceans? Well, mm-hmm. they vent a whole lot of sulfur. The animals around those, the little crustaceans and all that, have the highest concentrations of any animal species on this planet of taurine because they need it for the the first function that taurine played a role, and that was basically determining and regulating cell pressure in the deep. So that's what its first role was. It was 
an osmoregulator, regulating cellular pressure. And it's understandable, you know, such depth, you need to basically be able to prevent the, the collapse inwards of the actual cell from under, for such pressure within um, ocean depths. So that was its first role um, on, you know, and then it took other um, regulatory roles over time as it, um, as it, you know, sort of moved through the evolutionary tree of uh, different species. And as they came out to the surface and actually um, got onto the land. The key thing even in our bodies that plays a big role is in regulating things. How does it do that? It regulates what I said earlier, calcium homeostasis. It actually acts like a calcium channel blocker, but not like a blunt instrument like a medication does, but in a much milder and controllable way to regulate, to to make sure that you, you're basically having the right sort of, you know, it the right sort of um, amounts of certain ions, whether they are, you know, potassium, magnesium ions, calcium ions, that they're in the right place. That means that they are, the right concentration is inside the cell to do the functions because you need a certain level of magnesium, magnesium ATP to energy production, and for a number of other biological processes within the actual cell, including, um, you know, as part of, you know, the rough... Um, endoplasmic reticulum sort of uh, um, transcription there. It's providing additional assistance there. Actually, taurine actually plays another role there. It actually plays an antioxidant effect. This is an area, and, and it, also, it also assists in protein folding. The thing that ages you the most, the quickest, and causes more damage is misfolded proteins. It's yeah. considered basically the holy grail of of anti aging, to how to prevent anti aging by reducing misfolded proteins. Well, our little friend taurine actually, um, uh, you know, prevents misfolded proteins. Actually, forces the proteins to refold correctly, as they should. That is why it's in there in the endoplasmic reticulum. And and is there like a requirement, the, a specific amount that we need every day? Or is it just we'll more is better? We'll we've got a lot to cover. We've got a lot to cover in the, in the general. You better way, hurry up there. We've got a lot to cover. Yes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the so so the so the thing is, what are the so I'll just cover quickly the sources of food. So you've got basically seafood, mm-hmm. which is very high. Yeah. Um, eggs are another high source. Um, red meats are all um high. So a hundred grams of meat. Most meats will give you, if it's freshly slaughtered, it'll be about 200 micrograms of taurine. That's three, 3.5 approximately, um, uh, you know, ounces. But supermarket meat will have half of that, only 100. The reason for that is because they hung, when it's hung for a number of months, you lose a lot of the fluids. Mm. And it's inside the fluids of cells and the cell walls you know, around the actual, that a lot of these fluids that are basically lost, you lose some of the taurine with it. And that's why it actually reduces by half, depending on how many right. months it's been hung. Most of the supermarket food has got about half of it. Then if you overcook it and you lose a lot of the fluids, you can even lose more taurine. It's the reason why some people who do um, have, let's say they've been on a 
on a vagunarised diet for a very long time on a plant-based diet. They've got a lot of basically, um, you know, gut issues and stuff like that. When they try cooked meat, it doesn't really do much for them, you know, supermarket cooked meat. Then they go to raw meat and they go, wow, I feel much better. Well, it's not the raw meat. It's actually the taurine inside. They could just basically cook their their meat to death if they wanted to, like Bart does, and actually just take a taurine supplement. <laughs> yeah. Know? So it basically does the same thing, you know, in that regard. So what does taurine do? Well, it actually improves stomach acidity. It suppresses. Actually, it doesn't only suppress. Let's say it takes a baseball bat to H. pylori. Wait. You know, we're talking about it's ruthless towards H. pylori. You want to get rid of H. pylori? Forget about antibiotics. Just eat us eat plenty of meat or um, seafood, and you'll get plenty of taurine or supplement taurine um, if you want to really go, um, you know, jack up the the assault against H. pylori. It also will improve stomach acidity. It'll actually force. It'll actually um, increase the stomach acidity. It'll actually force the pH level to much lower levels, down to the one or whatever, which means that you will denature your meat properly. You'll end up with, you know, no more foreign proteins. You'll end up with simple amino acids, which you'll be able to absorb through the middle part of your intestine, which you absorb proteins and, um, and carbohydrates. But basically, you will absorb them without any foreign proteins causing any reactivity to you. It literally breaks down these things and it reduces, it also helps within the pancreas increase um, the production of the actual enzymes that are required to deal with, you know, the all the actual, the lipases and the, um, uh, <clears throat> all the different enzymes that are involved in breaking down food particles. It also works there. It's a conjugate for bile, so it actually improves bile production in the gallbladder. It also emulsifies bile, which is really important because it prevents bile stones. The reason why people have got bile stones is because they've had a meat deficiency for so many years. They end up with too much concentrated cholesterol in there and not enough emulsification that happens and the conjugation of the bile that is done by taurine that actually reduces and emulsifies it and actually it it becomes something that actually will flow much better. It also, when it comes from taurine, not cysteine, the type of um, bile that we produce, um, it also remains in the gut for longer, which means it cleanses the gut, the small intestine, eliminating the problem of SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It also tends to encourage the greater growth of beneficial bacteria. This is, I've done a video on this, it's called Metabolite that um, fixes up, rebalances your um, gut microbiome. It's again through inflammasome and interleukin-16, then AMP. It actually re-regulates and actually suppresses two important things in the gut. Histamine brings, and also spermidine. And spermidine actually is a, is fine if it's in your testicles, males, because there you're going to grow so. you know, um, <laughs> plenty, of, plenty of sperm. But if it's in your gut, you've got too much spermidine in your gut, 
what it does is it grows, it causes bacterial overgrowth. So what we call SIBO, you know, and a lot of people that have histamine reactions and stuff like that that are complaining, especially on low-carb diets and stuff like that, you hear a lot of them, especially in the keto community. Well, it's actually a meat deficiency. They're not eating enough meat because they prioritise too much, just fat, and they fear meat because of mTOR. We'll get into that as well. But the, the this is this is the um, the problem in it, in that community why they have that. But once you get taurine to a certain level concentration, it re-regulates the entire um, gut. It does another thing, motility. It regulates motility, gut motility. So how well your gut motility works, that means the peristalsis of your gut, how well that works depends on how what the concentration of cellular um, taurine within those cells are because it if it has to be there, there's a certain concentration that is required. It varies between people, you know. I, I, I even between rats and many other species. But you ha- once you have a certain level, if you're getting enough in your diet, you will be able to regulate. So if you're, let's say, your peristalsis is too fast, it'll slow it down. If it's too slow, it'll speed it up. It will actually, and not only that, but it'll regulate it according to the foods you eat. So if you need those aminos to go slower through so they can be absorbed and all that because you've had a bigger meal, it will slow it down. If it needs to go, if it's got less, well, it can go a bit faster to get the, you know, the stuff absorbed through the um, the middle part of the intestine and on you go, whatever's left over that's not absorbed. And that has to do with the protein utilisation index, how much of that ends up then in the colon or not. You know, it can vary between. So eggs tend to, some people say, oh, you know, you hear people say constipation about eggs, but they, they've got no real constipation. You know, you can eat a lot of eggs and you get very little and it takes a long time. Well, simple, because eggs have got a, a very high utilisation level, which is 40, 49% compared to meat, which is 32%. So you have to slow down in order to absorb over a longer period of time those aminos coming from the eggs, you know. So the nice thing about taurine is it is a regulator of of peristalsis, of basically, you know, the gut functioning. So it it is just magical stuff. You know, you don't need a whole lot of of fibre to force enough volume down there to force gravity to push it out because that's what whatever all kibble eaters do. But... uh, when you and there's actually research to show where they've actually deliberately induced in mice, you can't do it to humans. Obviously, you can't experiment on them. They deliberately caused the these rats to not be able to function. You know, their gut not to be able to function properly. Push stuff through. They give them taurine. It fixes the problem. So, but it so if it's too fast, as I said, it'll slow it down. If it's too slow, it'll speed it up. It's a regulator. It is one of the, yeah. all the roles in the body are regulating. So it will regulate, for instance, a number of minerals to achieve mineral homeostasis. So obviously you, you maintain electroneutrality within the intra-extracellular fluids through the um, cell membrane. And what it will do is, you know, if it's moving positives or negative ions, it will make sure that the right sort of composition on both sides are but in the right physiological range as well, which is really important. 
The other thing yeah. is within the tubular nef um, tubular um, um, lumen of the nephrons within your kidneys. What it would do there, it'll actually control the what it gets excreted out or stays in, gets recycled in, and it will regulate that. So that's why it's very important for the kidneys. And usually when I see kidney atrophy, I say you've got a meat deficiency, a taurine deficiency, because taurine plays a very important role in rebuilding kidneys. So my dad had um, kidney issues and we reversed it pretty much with taurine. So he's very happy about that. So he didn't have to go under the knife. But a lot of other that. people who are on a kibble diet are not getting enough. You know, it's it's the thing. Yeah. Now, it... The reason why I can actually build tissue, build organs, and actually build a lot of tissue and actually maintain tissue, which is really important. So as you age, you atrophy far more. Other things that it does, it actually plays a role as a neuro um, sort of transmitter. It has sort of like a neurotransmitter effect as well and can actually reduce the excitatory effect and also rebalance a lot of like dopamine, serotonin, these sort of things you know, adjust them and homeostatically regulate a lot of these things. And it's the reason why I think that people like with bipolar, schizophrenia and things like this, when they get onto um, doing something like taurine, they, or a, which basically means a carnival diet, they see a remission in a lot of these symptoms. And in particular, the ones that I've actually been monitoring, the ones that are doing more raw, um, you know, meat, they're saying I'm getting better results. And I know why they're getting better results. It's the taurine, that they're getting more quantity of taurine from the supermarket meats. That's the, that's where the different the difference lies in the in the sort of the two groups. The other the other thing is it has a number of other important um, effects in a number of other tissues. So in the pancreas, what it does is mm-hmm. If a mother is protein deficient, the child that she will have will basically have a smaller amount of islet cells and a smaller pancreas. If you then, after the birth, because you can have premature children, you actually give that child taurine supplementation you can actually restore, actually even surpass the control group. So the control group actually that was actually just getting the normal nutrition of protein and all that, the one that was actually getting supplemented, which was protein deficient, actually ended up with bigger volume of space of islet cell, the actual volume of it and the numbers. It was dramatic, the increase. I mean, compared to the one that was deficient, it was something like nearly 50%. On the other ones, about 20 to 20-odd percent plus from memory. So that is dramatic because we're talking about, we're not talking about here some relative number. We're talking about in absolute terms the difference between one, an an organism, an, an organ, a body organ that actually has a larger size to it, you know, has lot yeah. more islet cells, you know, something that basically is the thing that a lot of people have got diabetes 1 and diabetes 2 lose. It's the reason why people are seeing these strange effects. Some people are getting better effects than others, um, you know, coming on to, um, you know, have got diabetes 2 or, or diabetes 1 in particular, 1 in this case, 
and they some of them see better results than others. They're both doing carnivore diet, but I suspect one's getting more taurine than the other. Why they're seeing the improvements? So if they were mm. supplementing, they would, you know, because people say, "Well, Harry, you know," um, and I said, "Well, hold on." They may be doing the same thing, but have they been doing it all their life? No. Now, if this person had been birthed from an ancestral mother, a tribal mother who ate sufficient meat, and then that child was basically breastfed for a number of months, getting large amounts of taurine, which comes in the breast milk, well, that child is basically going to get all the a good beginning is going to have far more a better functioning pancreas. So by the time they, and, and let's not forget, they're going to have less assaults on their pancreas compared to modern people through their whole life because they're on an ancestral diet, on a tribal diet, which has less um, sugar, even in this interglacial period where we may have some seasonal access to certain types of carbohydrates even then it's it's a very small amount that these people consume primarily they prioritize animals because that's where the nutrient density is but people like us on the other hand we've started from a very young age being deprived of sufficient protein and when you deprive a person protein what you're doing is you're depriving themselves of two other things leucine to grow tissue and grow bigger bones and bigger bodies and also taurine that does that assists in that, but also has um, other roles because leucine may actually be good for muscle protein synthesis, but it won't increase the islet cells. Um, I was thinking when you were talking about the histamines, and you also said that it helps with detoxification. So one thing that a lot of carnivores do experience is the uh, oxalate dumping. Would it have any effect on yep. that? Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that? You, Just a little will, bit. What, We're yeah, running out of okay. time. <laughs> okay. I will, I will, uh, yeah. Now, what we what happens with oxalate dumping in particular, you will basically burn through sulfur amino acids. That, that includes methionine, cysteine, and taurine. So you can end up with a subclinical, in particular with taurine, because we only biosynthesize a very small amount. If we're not getting enough from the diet, especially if we're overcooking our meats or they are hung for too long, aged, or that beef jerky, forget it, you're not going to get any. I do love beef jerky, but, you know, I just know that I'm not going to get any. I just accept that. But uh, under those circumstances, then you may end up with a subclinical deficiency and, you know, then you can actually end up with electrolyte issues and you're going to end up with a lot of things. You know, your gut not um, functioning properly and you're going, oh, I'm getting all these sort of strange reactions. My gut motility is out of whack. You know, I'm sort of constipated, diarrhea and all that. Well, that's because basically you've depleted your, your um, and you can't regulate properly those tissue types anymore because you're deficient in taurine. And yes, and unfortunately, a lot of people do suffer those symptoms with oxalate dumping and I would say that under those circumstances, I usually put people at least on four to six. It depends on your body size as well. So if you're really, let's say um, the average person, probably about four. Um, if you're very tiny, probably about two. If you're very large, like somebody like Sean Baker, maybe six, you know what I mean? you'd need a bit more to deal yep. with that sort of thing. So you have to think about volume, 
because this actually goes throughout, spreads throughout all the cells in your body. And so you still need a certain level within the cellular, within the intracellular space to regulate all these different tissue types. So obviously the larger you are, you know, this is why I love veterinary science because they look at the animal in terms of its size, what they're going to give it, not this sort of arbitrary RDI shit, you know, that, um, yeah. sorry for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yes. I which agree. Which is un- unfortunate, you know. Now, it does, it's, a, it, now, I think we've covered that. Now, the, on the cardiovascular um, side, yep. it's really important for um, to basically maintain healthy mitochondria. That's the reason why I started taking it as well. What it does is it actually reduces superoxide in the, um, in that. It also reduces lactate. So when you go through pyruv, um, through you know your pyr- right down to pyruvate through um, glycolysis. Then you can go in two directions. You can either go towards the TCA cycle into the um, acetyl-CoA, into the actual Krebs cycle, or you can go into lactate. You can produce more lactate as well. Now, obviously, that can go back. That can do two things. It either can go back and actually produce more glucose or it can go through the polio um, pathway and actually produce more fructose. You know, it really depends on, you know, a carnival should technically get enough taurine in their diet to lower um, blood sugar and regulate it because it does regulate blood sugar in the system as well. So if you're basically not regulating blood sugar properly as a carnivore, you may be deficient in taurine as well, another element. Interesting. Um, If you're generating far too much lactate or having higher levels of uric acid, again, it's probably a taurine deficiency as well. So it is... Because it's a master regulator throughout the whole body, it's so critically important. I consider it the Swiss Army knife of the body. That's how I characterise it and call it yeah. because it's regulating all these um, functions within the body. So now within the actual um, neurons in the brain, it actually lowers oxidative stress. It actually will reduce oxidative stress, clean it all up has an antioxidant role. Now, in terms of um, glycating effects in the brain, and that's really what we're actually talking about here is um, the amount of sugar molecules that are floating freely within the, within the, the brain and glycating proteins. So what it can actually do like if you've got beta amyloid, what beta amyloid can, can happen with beta amyloid, one thing that actually clears beta amyloid is choline, very important acetylcholine comes out of it, but also taurine supports acetylcholine production, but anyway, that's a side issue um, for another day. But yeah. when you glycate beta amyloid, it actually ends up one its protein structure misfolds quite severely, but also can't be pulled apart. Now, what taurine does is it removes that glycation off the beta amyloid, which allows then for choline or its precursors to clear it out and other enzymes to clear it out that are choline dependent. And so 
in a sense, it is a dementia. So eating meat will reduce, this is my personal opinion, will reduce your possibility for dementia and Alzheimer's. There you go. I said it. Now, if you want to argue with me, I can actually show personal you the opinion. studies. And I will have more st- stuff on my, on, on, on my, yes, in that regard. Now, it also reduces in the retina, it will actually reduce um, the sort of what you get is um, sugar that actually attaches to the proteins and all that and actually gummies up the sort of um, the pathways that actually connect to the brain and within the actual retina itself. Well, what taurine can do is actually lower that glycating effect and clear that out. It actually can improve eye um, function, retinal function. So it plays an important role there as well. Now, in terms of the Krebs cycle, um, taurine does. It actually lowers the ROS and the superoxide um, that's actually being generated by um, glucose metabolism. So somebody who is diabetic, who has difficulty, you know, oxidising fats, and you need to transition them, you're still transitioning them to that, I usually get them on much higher doses of taurine to, re- to reduce the oxidative damage and stress and effects as their bodies are adjusting to lipolysis, to the ability to actually um, utilise um, and then they can actually bring their levels down once, you know, once things, you know, we don't need to ramp up to, to very high levels. I don't encourage people to ramp up to massive levels for a long period of time. I usually get people who are diabetic, diabetics on, um, I get them off, get them off metformin and stuff like that and basically encourage them to basically go up to 10 grams as they're adjusting their metformin medication. So they need to go to their doctor. Don't do this experiment at home, kiddies. You need to go to your doctor and you need to basically adjust the dosage of your medication as you're increasing the taurine that will basically normalise your blood glucose levels. So you don't want to basically, you know, go in there and all that. And it's the same thing with blood pressure. I've actually done a video covering blood pressure medications because if you're still taking medications... Taurine is trying to normalise things, all the ions to basically make sure that they are actually balanced throughout all the within the inter inside the cells and inside the bloodstream. But if you're taking also blood pressure meds, you're going to be lowering it outside the range that taurine is trying to get to, so you can actually basically um, end up passing out. We don't want people. So if you're on blood pressure meds, you need to actually reduce them slowly. Um, and get them adjusted by your doctor as you increase the taurine levels, and it will lower your blood pressure as well. So, and it will regulate, and you'll you'll see edema go away and stuff like that. Um, I've had people where their parents are not willing to change their diet; they they don't, don't want to take blood pressure meds. They end up taking taurine; their edema goes away, even though they're still eating a kibble diet. Now, it's not. It definitely isn't perfect situation, um, nope. but it's a bit of a biohack for people that are that are naughty and don't want to change. There are other things like that I haven't covered. There are conditions which are called like calcium overload that can actually cause damage to, like you can actually get an overload of calcium in the actual cells and actually cause damaging effects to the mitochondria. 
by excessive reactive oxygen species and stuff like that. Well, taurine prevents that. So it prevents it from even happening. Forget about, you know, dealing with it. It won't even happen. As I say, a steak a day keeps the mitochondria happy every day, you know. So, you know, that's the <laughs> magic of taurine, that it basically will prevent. I know it's corny. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the next Good. thing, iron metabolism. Okay, a lot of people complain about hemochromatosis and all that. Well, taurine does its magic here as well. What it does is it actually improves iron metabolism and reduces free iron in the bloodstream. That's the reason why when people go on a carnivore diet and consume more meat, they see a resolution of hemochromatosis not the other way around. It's the lack of a regulator, an important regulator that a lot of us don't aren't aware of. As I said, there's a I found some research it's like this thick in terms of, you know, I could spend my whole life researching and explaining all the different things that it does in the body, the taurine does, and still it'll outlive me before I actually even complete that task. So I'm not even taking yeah. it on. But I will, through through videos, explain a lot of things that, that can help people, you know, things that really are important to people in terms of hemochromatosis. Now, also can actually prevent improve anemia. So in there's some research that came out of um, the Gaza Strip in Palestine, and they actually had, were noticing that a lot of the young girls, obviously because they're you can't really get much food in there. It's it's a semi-war zone. There's a lot of children there that are basically protein deficient. And they realised that um, a lot of the um, young girls had severe anemia. Well, they started doing some research to see what compounds can improve. And the only thing, even supplemental iron didn't really help. And what they found was that taurine improved... Um, you know, iron status improved a lot of different things in the body and uh, actually ameliorated or reduced, um, you know, the, the condition, anemia, in these uh, young girls. So now they, the, the local authorities there that are producing it um, in one of their labs are providing it to the, the children of Gaza. So it's actually being used for, you know, for, for that cool. purpose. So, I mean, you may have an anemic relative that doesn't want to eat a lot of meat, which is a problem with older people sometimes, and or especially for the plant-based parents, and you may want to help them with a bit of taurine supplementation in that regard. So, well, what can you do? I mean, it's – I've – my mission in life has been to try and help people. I know I can't save, you can't save everyone, we can't save everyone, but it's basically I've been a sufferer myself and had a lot of suffering and, and for me it's been very important to basically find ways to help people um, and come up with, with actionable solutions, which isn't always easy. Now, um, I think the two other, uh, now a lot of people there's another issue that a lot of people complain, especially on a keto diet. They tend to complain that they have a lot of leg cramps and stuff like that. Now, obviously, in some cases, if you consume more meat and 
salt, you usually resolve that issue. But some people may have an underlying subclinical potassium-magnesium deficiency. Now, you're only actually excreting a very small amount. In the amount, like if we eat big enough steaks and all that, we're probably getting enough potassium, like the excretion rate is about 192 milligrams approximately based on research from humans, which the National Institute of Health have basically, uh, that was an old study that they actually um, commandeered to see what the excretion rate through feces and urine was per day for humans. And so I would now, and if you're on a carnival diet as well, you've got the other advantage that basically you don't actually go through as much potassium or magnesium because you're not on a kibble diet because, um, you know, uh, glucose metabolism actually uses far more potassium and, and magnesium. So that's another benefit. But you still could have basically been on, you know, a long keto period with low taurine and, and lost a lot of your electrolytes and have, you know, subclinically, you know, never really been able to restore them properly. Well, there's two ways of doing that. You can either supplement taurine for a period of time or you can basically start eating more meat and over a, a number of months you will fix that problem. You'll restore that. Um, that you'll sort that problem out. Um, now, taurine will help because it'll actually reduce the excretion rate and actually recycle those back in to the um, to the fluids, so they can actually then um, be pushed back into the cells. So that's one way of going. And or you can basically just eat more meat for a longer period of time and and fix up your electrolyte issue in that regard. And you will notice. You know, for me, I've, I used to get a lot of muscle cramps. I mean, in my keto days, I was in pain sometimes. I'd stretch my legs and I'd go, oh, I'd be in absolute agony. And yep. I've never had that problem since going carnival and adding taurine to it as well. So it's, that problem has gone completely in that regard. Um, I just remembered another thing that I, um, didn't actually talk about earlier with epilepsy because it actually right. reduces it inhibits you know the, with epilepsy for um for instance what it actually um what you're actually doing is you're calming the nervous system touring calms the nervous system it's through gabaret primarily but through a number of other pathways I can't even remember the remember them all. It's a while that I read that literature. That's why I just remembered it. And it actually can reduce, not only inhibit, you know, the the sort of those the pathways that actually initiate seizures, but actually just cut shut shut them off in a sense. Um, we still don't understand. We know that it does, so we can actually induce seizures in rats and then basically give them taurine and it just stops it immediately. But we don't know the exact mechanism. So we know, me so mechanistically we can see that, you know, cause and effect, I give you, I for cause you a seizure, I give you basically um, taurine, it stops the seizure. But we don't still understand exactly how it's happening. You is know, that so immediate? They know that there is a certain neuro. Um, 
it sort of happens quite quickly. Not a, not like instantaneous, but it does happen, you know, because you still need to saturate the tissue um, with taurine to get it into, um, you know, because it does cross the blood-brain barrier, but it takes a bit of time from the gut to the blood-brain barrier to cross and all that to happen. But once it actually gets past the blood-brain barrier and into the actual um, brain, then it 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 sort of happens. Then it these neurotransmitters are influenced and regulated in this way by taurine, and it just really just prevents these epileptic seizures. Now that is an in a rat model. But I'm not claiming that it. So if you have enough same way in a human taurine, would that prevent any fits from happening and it 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 may be look it may be the ancestral if we look at ancestral, i actually had a conversation with a with a mate of mine this is in hobarton cuz and we were talking about talking about it i don't know i, I need to catch up with him and find out exactly cuz he was talking about a, um, a friend of uh, an acquaintance that he knew and was going to mention it about you know supplementing with taurine to deal with the seizures that that person was suffering. Um, so I don't know what's happened. I, I just really need to catch up. I forgot all about it. So, but it seems that um, and I don't even remember the dosage, so I can't even give you a dosage in that regard. Yeah, I think sure. I recommended to him. A very high dose, eight or eight, eight plus, um, you know, grams, um, in that regard. But I did actually ask him, is he taking lithium? This is another important thing. What taurine does is it has an ability to hold on because it's an osmolite and regulates all the minerals in the body. And this is an important thing, you know, for mineral homeostasis, whether it's copper, calcium, iron, whatever. For mineral homeostasis, taurine plays an important role. This is why people on a carnivore diet get better um, mineral management, you could say, in the body. That's another thing that it does it, because of its of its regulatory osmolytic effect. But when it um, – uh, with lithium – it can concentrate it. That means it can hold on to lithium and not uh, um, and not excrete it out of the kidneys. So if you are taking lithium medication, you need to lower your lithium levels. Get your doctor to adjust your lower your lithium meth le- levels in order to take more taurine. Now taurine can do the same thing that lithium does in high doses. It will actually calm you down. It works on the same pathways. That's why it interacts with lithium. So you've got to make a choice. It's either lithium or meat. It's one of the two. And it's the same thing that um, Amber O'Hearn, I think she used, she was taking lithium and she doesn't take lithium anymore. And she tends to eat more meat and even some raw meat. So she's probably getting enough taurine. Um, but it took her a while and that would have meant it would have taken her some time to saturate her tissue. That's why I usually get people to saturate their tissue for a couple of months with higher doses and then once they've saturated their tissue because they've not been ancestral. None of us have had the diet where our bodies have got less senescence, less damage, less any of these problems and so... You know, our requirements are much would have been much lower as an ancestral person. So we would have got enough from meat, um, and you know, 
and also because it's fresh meat, so it's freshly slaughtered, you've cunted the animal, it's, it, it's got a lot of its fluids. And you actually look at old videos of, uh, you know, Inuit women, you know, sitting there. And if you look at the amount of water that when you fleshly slaughter an animal, a lot of the water that comes out, the water content, it's a lot of taurine in there. They used to take little, like, cups and drink it all. You're getting a, not only electrolytes that most people focus on, but you're getting heaps and heaps of taurine. You're, lo- you're getting, like, multiple grams with each cup. So that's the difference, you know, of ancestral. I look at an- ancestral sort of the way they approach things, and, and I realise that, you know, we do very things very differently. You know, um, you know, we call ourselves carnivals, but really we're nothing like the ancestral way of living um, in that yeah. regard. So w- because of the way we treat food and the way we process it and stuff like that, we lose a lot of things in, in, in that regard. Can uh, we take too much taurine the, okay, and what okay, happens if we do? Um, I, the literature doesn't, doesn't actually explain an upper limit. Um, anywhere in the literature. I have not seen an upper limit. The highest within human physiology that has been experimented for a number of months without any negative effects has been 10 grams. In rats, the equivalent for rats, that is, has been 28 grams per day equivalent for somebody who's, let's say, 70 kilos, which is the average sort of size of a person, average height wow. sort okay. of person. And so that's... Without side effects. And a number of other... And a, yeah, and it, without any side effects. Um, now, there is a small group of people, it's a very minute, minute um, group of people that have, can bioaccumulate quite a lot of sulphur. So... But it's a very, it's only, you know, it's a minuscule amount, one in like a hundreds of thousands or a million. I can't even remember the exact number. It's a very small um, group that have got certain genetics that tend to basically, um, for whatever reason, you know, I don't, it's some mutation and they, they tend to hold on to, um, to sulfur, you know, like it's the end of the world. And those people can actually end up with too much sulfur build up in their body. Um so those, you know, unless you've actually, you've got symptoms like nausea and stuff like that, if you start having, like you're taking high dose and you start having a lot of nausea and all that, maybe pull back a bit. Um, if you're not, don't worry about it. There is a bit of a biohack even with that when some people go, okay, I've got a condition like that, but on the other hand, I need to fix my gallbladder. So how am I going to do this? Well, then I usually encourage that they use choline supplementation. Um, you can only get so much from eggs, but, you know, we want to go to the higher doses of, of choline, a couple of grams, and that will methylate away the excess out of the system. So it'll actually bring, lower down the sulfur levels. And also for people that do retain a lot of sulfur for whatever reason, choline is a good way of actually methylating away and reducing your levels of sulfur buildup in your body. So... It's a small amount of people. Um, I, I've known about it from other naturopathic doctors that have talked about it, but I haven't really researched it myself because it's such a small, tiny group to go really to spend the time. I, probably at some point in time I will look into it, but not at this stage in that regard. So can you share the name of your YouTube channel with 
everyone who's watching in case they're not there already. Well, my it's just under it's just under under my name, Harry Sopanos. Um yep. so if people people um you know just google harry sopanos it's my name and i've call it no bs because basically you know i'll even correct myself and i have on two occasions corrected myself when i when i've had a bit of a boo-boo so harry has a lot of stuff on his channel and it all goes into a lot of detail about everything so if you want to know anything in detail whatever vitamins minerals whatever it is then Harry's channel is the way to go and you just need to go there, subscribe to it, binge watch all his videos and you will be a, a pro <laughs> as well. Harry, thank you so much for like coming say, on. Can I say one Quickly. thing? Can I say one thing before <laughs> yes. I go? Okay. Yeah. I do in my in the descriptions of all my videos, I do provide all links to all the research and all the stuff that's shown in those videos. So if people nice. want to check them check them out themselves, and if they have any comments, they can put comments in the comments area, um, you know, if they want to correct me or they want to basically um, ask further questions to, you know, things that they didn't understand. I'm I'm easy in that regard. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the LCAL podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.